You're listening to a North Valley Community Church podcast. For more information and resources, visit us online at northvalleychurch.org. All right. Investing in the next generation. Uh, That's what I get the privilege to do each and every week. And uh, my name is Pastor Brian, so I serve as our next generation pastor. So I work with our kids, our junior high and high school students. And so, like I said, that gives you guys a little bit of glimpse of what it looks like on a week-to-week basis, what we do with our kids, the junior high and high school students. So a quick shameless plug Uh, I don't want to keep and enjoy all the fun myself. So if you're not involved, would like to be involved in our kids ministry, our junior high, high school ministry, whatever area of focus that you think you might be better gifted at, uh, talk to me. Let me know. You know, there's sometimes people don't realize there are needs because I think we do a decent job, but we could always use you. So if that's uh, you and you have some interest, please uh, let me know, and we'd love to get you plugged in. And for my volunteers that are in this room, I just want to say thank you. You guys are awesome uh, for your help. Uh, see a couple of guys uh, each and every week. Well, uh, today's a pretty special day, right? It's the 4th of July, and so it's on this day that we remember and we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence. What's more American than the Declaration of Independence? The day that we said, you know what, British, we're done with you all, and we want to do this thing on our own, right? So, uh, it's a fun day to celebrate. It's the day that uh, really set us apart. And I don't know about you, but I cannot imagine living anywhere but in this great country. You know, I think it's such a blessing to be an American because we have freedoms, we have liberties that aren't celebrated in different parts of the world. And so uh, I thought it'd be fun um, just to say a quick fun story, since I'm the next gen guy, uh, about kids in the 4th of July. So a few years ago, uh, we were celebrating the 4th of July weekend, um, and in children's church in the preschool room, uh, the teacher decided it would be a great opportunity to just share the importance about patriotism. She said, we live in a great country. One of the things we should be happy is that in this country, we are all free. Now, there was a boy in that class named Trevor, and he heard that and stood up, walked to the front of the room, put his hands on his hips and said, uh, I'm not free, I'm four. Anyway, that's the stuff that we get to have on a weekly basis in children's church. That's, that's, I just found that on the internet. Uh, but regardless, what a blessing, what a privilege that it is for us to live in this country. And so, you know, as I was reflecting on uh, what I should teach about, you know, summer in the Psalms, uh, my, my, my brain went to a, a specific passage um, in Psalms 20 that goes like this. It says, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of our God. And so um, that's the passage we're going to be looking at here in just a moment. So if you guys want to turn to Psalms chapter 20, and we're going to go through that in just a minute. But uh, the reason that I decided and I landed on this is because I think sometimes uh, as followers of Jesus, and then sometimes as Americans, uh, we get a little bit tripped up on this whole idea of um, where our strength comes from. And I think, it, we, like I said, I, I feel very blessed to live in this country. I feel very honored to be an American. You know, my wife 
Some of you guys know she immigrated here from Romania. And you hear some of the stories she shares about what it was like to live in a communist country. And you're like, man, we have no idea, you know, how blessed we are to live here. And so, you know, as Americans and as Christians, I think sometimes we miss out on where our help comes from and how and who we should trust in. And so we're going to be focusing on that in a minute. So if you guys have your Bibles open, we're going to go ahead and read from Psalm chapter 20. Now this Psalm is, uh, see, you remember how Pastor Ryan, uh, we'll get to it. Remember how Pastor Ryan said, oh, there's all these different types of Psalms. Well, it's funny because when I, when I picked this one, he's like, well, Brian, what, what kind of Psalm is it? And I, I read it, and then I read it again, and I'm like, you know, I'm not exactly sure what kind of psalm this was. So I had to look it up. This is a royal psalm. This is a kingly psalm. This is the kind of pre-battle, holy war song psalm, right? So that's what we're about to read together. So if you guys have your Bibles, let's read it. It says in verse 1, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May he grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. May we shout for joy over your salvation. In the name of our God, set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. All right, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that uh, you have given it to us to challenge us and to uh, help us to um, look to you and not always make it about us. Lord, I just think of... uh, you know, the importance of learning to trust in you and not in ourselves. And Lord, as we go through this, this passage and we look at what it means to truly be victorious, Lord, help us to not just hear it, um, not just be hearers only, but be doers and that it would transform us. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we ask these things in your name. Amen. So today we're going to talk about being victorious, right? This is a battle song. Um, i haven't served in the military, but uh, I can imagine, you know, I've seen movies, I've seen videos, you know, there's a lot of pride uh, when it comes to being in the military, you know, and I think you kind of have to have that, you know, you're about to go do some pretty difficult things, you're about to go storm into danger, Um, so there has to be a certain level of pride, but what you typically see is, especially as Americans, uh, we put a lot of... uh, focus on our, the things that we're awesome at, right? So typically to win a battle, you need a couple things. You either need more people, uh, better technology, um, or a better strategy, right? So those are a couple of things that you probably need in order to win. But what I love about this psalm is that you don't really see any of that, except maybe the strategy part, and we'll get into it. You don't really see like, hey, Lord, Please send us as many people as we can find because we need to win this battle and we need more people. You don't see in this psalm, uh, hey, uh, just give us a whole bunch more chariots because we need them. In fact, it says we don't need those. We just need all of these things, right? You don't see that. What do you see? You see 
them seeking God for victory. You see them asking God for help. You see them asking for support from Zion. Remember your offerings. Regard with favor your burnt sacrifice. Grant our heart's desires. Fulfill our plans. So, as I was preparing, my, my, my heart was, God, you know, I think too often we get caught up in this, this not necessarily American, but this American mindset of we can, we can do this, we can figure it out, I've got this, you know, I, I, I'm smart, you know, I've got a good job, you know, I've got everything under control. But I think so often when we have that heart, we have that attitude, we miss out on something amazing. We miss out on this amazing connection with God where instead of us trying to do it all in our own strength, instead of us trying to do it in our own power, going into all these battles like, yes, I've got this. Instead, we should be doing what we see in Psalm 20. We should be going into battle saying, you know, God, answer us. God of Jacob, protect us. Send us help from your sanctuary. Send us help from Zion. And we should have this heart and this attitude that we cannot do this without you. So maybe you came in today feeling pretty good. Maybe you don't have a lot of struggles or trials or battles in your life, and that's great. And if that's you, uh, I'm just going to challenge you guys to listen and then take this and share it with as many people as possible. But maybe that's not you. Maybe you came in today and you've been going through trials. Maybe you've been going through these difficulties and you're like, God, I just, I feel like I'm just it's an uphill battle and I'm doing this on my own and I don't know how to get through this. And I'm going to just talk with you uh, specifically because I think if we want to see God work powerfully in our community, if we want to see God work powerfully in this church, we have to be believers and followers of God that are walking in victory. We have to be living these victorious lives where we're looking to God for his leading, his guiding, so that we can begin to win these battles that are in front of us. So uh, I came up with a formula that I use <laughs> when I'm faced with trials, when I'm faced with, with battles that I'm trying to get through, um, and, and how to be victorious. And so the whole, this whole message today is how do we live victorious? How do we live this life of victory? Before I get into my points, though, I just want to say real quick, uh, you want to be victorious? You need Jesus, all right? That's just straight up. If you don't have Jesus, that's the place to start. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so if you get nothing else, let's just get that right, okay? Um, we can't do this without Jesus. And if, you know, just reflecting on this last couple, year and a half, everything, man, I don't know how people did it without Jesus. I'm just going to be honest. I have no idea. So the, the starting point, the place that where we have to begin at is one, we have to have a relationship with Jesus, all right? Um, and if you don't know how to do that, talk to me in the Connection Corner, talk to a pastor, talk to somebody. We'll do that. We'll take care of that today because it's that important. But uh, on top of that, <laughs> here is a little formula that I use in my own personal life when I'm facing trials and I'm facing difficulties because I don't know about you, but uh, I don't want to do it on my own because <laughs> uh, I don't feel like I'm strong enough. So I've, I've, I've walked this out in my own life and I'm going to share it with you guys today. And so first is remember your history. Now this has many different levels, okay? So one, uh, 
I think the, the starting place is remember that if you've given your life to Jesus, remember that one, you're saved. And remember that story of how you were once lost and now you're found, right? There's probably, you know, even I got saved at a pretty young age. I was probably in middle school and I really, really understood what it meant to give my life to Jesus. And, but I can still remember that I wasn't that great a kid before, you know, and maybe some of you guys came to faith later in life and you remember what it was like before Jesus and after Jesus. But more than just remembering, uh, remembering that, um, I like to reflect and remember all the moments where God worked powerfully in my life. And I think that's what they're hitting on in Psalm 20 as well, right? So they're remembering how God has saved them, helped them, been with them through famine, through storm, through, I mean, the Israelites, right? I mean, they've been through some just bonkers stuff. Like, I mean, we're talking like anything you can imagine they had to endure slavery. I mean, just awful stuff, but through it all, God was faithful. And so as we begin, as you're facing trials, as you're going through this, the place that we need to start is to remember our history and remember how we were once lost and now we're found. Begin to remember that God is, is doing a work in us and that even in this thing that we're going through, uh, he can be faithful just like he was faithful in the past, right? So what I do, I literally do this. I start with prayer and saying, God, thank you that you were with me when, and then I just start to go through all of the times God was with me. So I begin to remember how, uh, you know, in high school, and I just, you know how angsty high schoolers are. Oh God, I don't know what's going on with my life. Oh, this is horrible. Everything, I don't understand. Oh. And I remember going to a conference and getting on my knees and just saying, God, I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but all I know is I want you to use me. And I remember God being there in that moment. And then I, I begin to remember other times where I've encountered God, whether it was on a missions trip or at a different conference or whether it was in my, my room by myself when I was just like frustrated and I closed the door and I just said, God, help. And I begin to remember all of those times that God was with me. And it's amazing how in the light of the trial, whatever it was that you're going through, once you start experiencing and remembering and reflecting on these, these amazing moments where God encountered you, how the trouble begins to like fade away, right? The trouble and the difficulty and whatever that thing was that, was that felt so big at the time, all of a sudden begins to fade because you're beginning to remember and reflect on the goodness of God. And I think a, another part of the history too is, you know, and I don't know if this is maybe your story, this is my story and this is something I do, but guys, I come from a pretty amazing family. Like my, uh, my grandpa was a pastor, uh, my great-grandpa was a pastor. Um, a bunch of my uncles are pastors. And I was talking to my grandma just last week, and she was like, you know, you have no idea how much it blesses me that you're in the ministry. Because it's not just about you. Like, those are prayers that were prayed, like, for decades before you were even born, that, that our family would be a godly family, that the, 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 you know, our kids and our kids' kids would be followers of Jesus. And Sometimes I reflect on that, and that's a whole nother level of like, whoa, you know, like that's like, God, I get to be part of this. You know, maybe you're thinking, well, that's not my story. I'm not from this huge, long, crazy line of pastors. That's cool, but that's not me. Well, here's my challenge. 
let's start with you. You know, maybe you're the first one in your family that's really giving your life. Think about what God can do in the generations that follow you and begin to ask him now, God, you know, I've seen you work in my life like this. I've seen you work in my life like this. I want that for my kids. I want that for my kids' kids. And begin to pray, begin to ask God because, man, there is, the Bible talks about generational blessings, like blessings that get sent down to your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids for a thousand generations because of your faithfulness. And so, man, that's just step one, guys. <laughs> remembering your history, remembering what God's done, remembering the work that he's done in the past. And I can guarantee you, man, every battle that David went into, you know what he was thinking about. He's like, man, God, remember that time you and me, we took out that giant? That was cool. Can you help me do that again? I need some help. You remember, help, you remember how you helped me? Like, woo, yeah, I need that help. That's where it starts, guys. It starts with that kind of mindset. Now, the second part to us living victorious, and this is something that I have to do. I'm telling you, this is, this is my formula. I'm sharing it with you guys. You can use it. The second part is learning to be present with Jesus in the middle of the storm. So uh, there's often this thing that happens when we're going through trials, right? We, we're in the middle of this difficulty that's like, oh, I don't like this. I don't understand. Why is this happening to me? And maybe you're like, maybe you feel like it's your fault, you know, because sometimes there are consequences for the things we do and there's shame, there's guilt, there's this like, well, this is what I get for doing that or this, you know, if I wouldn't have done, if I would have done this, then this wouldn't have happened, right? We get in the, caught up in this place of, man, it's, it's uh, yeah, just discouragement, right? We get in this place of discouragement. And I think that is the place the devil wants us to be, and so whatever he can do to keep us in that place, like, he's going to do it, right? He's going he's gonna to blame you. He's going to say things to you. He's going to make you feel like you're the worst of the worst so that you can't experience the victory that's in Jesus, right? So that we can't have this victorious life. So how do we overcome that? I mean, I'm telling you, it starts with that reflection, man. If you're feeling that, like, that oppression, that, that just attack of the enemy, start by recalling what God's done, like we said, you know, start remembering all the things that God's done. And then I would challenge you to move into this place. So the way we overcome uh, in the moment, so I'm kind of doing this like past, present, future thing. So we remember the past, then we're in the present. So how do we get in the presence and we, with God and in this moment where we're struggling through is that we have to remember who we are and then we have to approach God in that moment. So a couple quick passages I want to share with you guys. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 is a pretty common one. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Right? Pretty famous. But a lot of times, what do we do? We get discouraged by this verse because we're like, well, I'm supposed to be new. The old is supposed to be gone, but I'm still living like the old is here. Right? We get in this, this struggle. But what's so amazing is that this passage, if you don't just stop on that verse, you keep going, it helps us understand a little bit better how is it that we are made new. And I'll give you a hint. It's nothing that you did. <laughs> it's all about what Jesus did, right? So uh, I'll kind of go through it a little quick and I'll break it down. It says in verse 18, it says, so right after that, it says, the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Verse 18, all this is from God 
who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, big words, reconciled. That means being made right with God, right? So all of this is from God who through Christ reconciled. So it's not that we're made new because we did anything. We're made new because of what Christ did, right? And so here we are in this moment where maybe you feel discouraged, maybe you feel broken down, you don't feel like you're right with God because of whatever's going on in your life, but the reality, the truth is this, is that you are made right with God because Jesus already paid the price. He's already paid the price. And so even in those moments where we're, we're stuck, we feel beat down, we feel discouraged, man, in the present, if you can say, come to God, God, remember what you did for me. And now I'm here and I thank you that I am right with you and I need to talk to you. That's the second part of the equation. That's the second part of the strategy, right? Of, of, of getting right and getting ready for a victorious life. And so, man, in my own life, that's, that's typically where I have to go. Because it's like, man, I, I feel like I screw up a lot. I feel like I'm not right. So talking about that huge, long history of pastors, that's a big shadow, you know? Like, those are big steps to fill. Like, I think about my grandpa and how he used to, like, you know, small churches, he would basically get so excited about Jesus, he would be running up and down the aisles. Like, that's like old school, man. Uh, but, like, that's the fire that I want still, you know? And I don't always feel that fire. But I come to God and I look at verses like this and I say, God, I want to be present with you. I want to have a conversation with you right here, right now. And even though I don't feel it, I know that I'm right with you. So help me have this conversation with you right now because we are together. We are right. There's a couple other verses that I look at. Huge one, write it down, Romans 8.1. There's now, therefore, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Guys, man, anytime the devil's beating you up, you just whip that one out and be like, yo, Romans 8.1. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I am right with him right now for the law of the spirit. Verse two says, for the law of the spirit has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Man, the struggle is real. The devil will do everything. But guys, we have victory in Jesus. We have victory in Jesus. And then uh, one more, this quick you know, you can write it down. Hebrews 4, verse 14 through 16. Another key verse that I use in my life to try to just live victoriously is this one. It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We got to approach that throne, guys. How often are you approaching that throne? How often are you saying, God, you know, everything's, you know, like I said, this is the struggle that I think we have is that we as Americans, American Christians, like we don't experience the same types of trials and struggles that people around the world sometimes do. Now we still have trials, we still have struggles, but <clears throat> a lot of times we live in this, this like day-to-day, I've got this, it's going to be all right. We don't approach, we don't go to God, we don't say, God, I need your help, God, I need you work in my life. And when we, when we don't, we're missing out. We're so missing out. And uh, so last week, two weeks, Father's Day, how many, two weeks ago, <clears throat> I was actually back home 
in Michigan, I'm from Michigan, and I got to preach in my home church, the church I literally like was born, and then when I graduated, I left, like 18-year church, right? I got to, I got to preach, and the, the message that I preached there was about Abraham, you know, father, Abraham was Father's Day. I won't preach you the whole message, I only got time for one today. But the, the, the main part was that God puts us through trials, and sometimes really great trials, like he asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, right? That's a crazy trial. But, the, but as I was thinking about it, they're like, why? It was because there was a greater blessing in obedience. There was something greater that was available by uh, being obedient to God through the trial, right? Through the, the, the difficult situation. And I think, guys, that's what we miss out on when we when we try to do it our own way, you know, so we have to get to that next level. All right, one more uh, quick little encouragement. So the last piece is to live a victorious life. We have, to, we have to remember the past, how God's been with us, how we're saved, we, how we've been, uh, you know, through things and God's been with us. Then we have to, secondly, we have to just be present with Jesus, even though we don't feel close to him. We have to approach his throne with confidence. We have to live and approach him and say, God, I need help in this situation. And then the last thing is just in the middle of all of the storm, remember what's to come. Look to the future, right? So I was talking to my grandma, like I said, and she was like, remember this, this is a really good thing. You should remember this. She said, for the Christian, my grandma doesn't talk like that, sorry. She said, for the Christian, remember, earth is the worst it's ever going to get. How amazing is that to think about, guys? Like, one day, we're going to spend eternity in the presence of God. So think about the most amazing experience you had with God. Think about how that felt, like, in your spirit, in your soul. And you're like, you know, that, that feeling, like, love, joy, peace, patience. It's, like, overwhelming, right? Imagine that, like, every second of every day forever, like, that's pretty amazing, right? And that's what we have ahead of us. Like, that's what we have in the future. And the more we begin to look at our current situations and we're like, you know, this is truly temporary, you know? This is just a momentary light affliction. And what is it doing? The Bible says it's working in us an eternal weight of glory. It's just producing like this, this steadfastness, this closeness, because through every trial, all we're doing is getting closer to God. We're getting closer to him. But let me finish that quote, right? So I think for us, and one of the reasons why it's important for us to live victorious is because we can have the right heart. We can have the right mindset. We can be like, even in trials, even in, in difficult times, we can say, well, uh, I know God's been with me. God, I need your help. And I know that this is only light because someday it's gonna be, I'm gonna be with you forever. And we can make it through those, those difficult times. But let me remind you the rest of that quote that my grandma said. She said, remember, for Christians, this is the worst it's ever going to get. But for those that don't follow God, this is the best. This is the best it's ever going to get. And I'm telling you, if there's ever been a need for us as Christians to live victorious and not live discouraged, is because there is a world that needs the message So the question is, why do we want to live victorious? The reason is because there's a world of lost people 
who need to hear the message of Jesus. So to wrap it up, excuse me. Where is your trust resting today? You know, we saw in Psalm 20, it's a victory psalm. It's a psalm just proclaiming how God is with us in the difficult times. And I just love that they, that they have the right heart, that they're not trusting in chariots. They're not trusting in horses. You know, where is your trust today? Is it in your savings account? Is it in, you know, the security you have in your job? Is it in, you know, whatever it is, your family, you know? Or is it in God? Have you been putting your trust wholly and fully in God and allowing him to work in you to be the light that this world needs to see? Because here's the thing, guys. We're going to experience trials. We're going to experience tribulations on this earth. And, you know, I don't know if you know this, but that is one of the greatest witnesses that we have as followers of Jesus is that when we experience trials and tribulations and we walk through that, just like that song, like, even in the fire, you know, like, I love that story, right? It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they get tossed into a fire, and they just, they're standing up, like, whatever. Like, that is the testimony that we have when we walk through these trials victoriously, and that is what leads people to a better relationship with God. So, it's July 4th, right? Just being real, someday this, this country could fall. You know, kings and kingdoms of this world are gods, and we don't know what the future holds. But as we celebrate the freedoms we have today, let's not forget the greatest freedoms we've been given, and that's victory in Jesus. Victory over sin, victory over darkness, and victory over death in the grave. We've been given victory to walk out our salvation. And so as we leave here today, as we, as we go to July 4th, and we get to spend time with our friends and our families, let's be victorious. Let's share the good news of what Jesus has done. Let's be a light to those, maybe in your family, that don't know Jesus. Because guys, the time is short. God is good. And we want people to come to know him. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for for your word. Lord, I thank you how it challenges us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit at work in us. I just pray that you'll continue to just convict us, Lord, to live a life that's, that's obedient to you and not out of shame or guilt, but out of joy. Lord, we want to live better. We want to live more confidently. We want to live victorious. And so we need you. We can't do it in our own strength. And for those who are, are watching who don't know you, Lord, I pray for them right now in Jesus' name that you would speak to them and that they would know you and that they would come to put their trust in you not in themselves, not in chariots or horses, but in you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. To become a supporter of North Valley Community Church, give today at northvalleychurch.org.